0: Yeah, that's oh, what I was yeah. going to say. There's a huge amount of, of, of hound hunting history in those woods. A bunch of <laughs> hunting history in general. Um, uh, ben Lilly took uh, Teddy Roosevelt hunting in those areas. so. Um, when, it was-
1: when, Chris, when Chris first called me and, and said we were going to do this bear camp, uh, he said it was in the Gila, and immediately I was like, oh, wow. And then I got off the phone with him. And then i was like man i think ben lily's buried like right by there and i like started googling it and immediately i was like oh we're gonna hit his grave we, we did find his grave super cool we didn't go to the monument the monument really doesn't have much i think the grave had more historical importance in the monument but i was you know treating bears was cool shooting bears was cool but seeing ben lily's grave i think
2: yeah, we, we loaded up and drove drove all the way over there to to find that grave. How jacked up was that that layout on that cemetery, Ed? This is the Houndsman XP Podcast.
1: Good dog, get that bird. Get that bird in
2: here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. Yeah, so how many day, how many days a week do you spend? Every day? As
3: much as I can, to be honest with you, anytime that I get i'm I'm out there. Join us for
2: every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll
1: tell you like I tell everyone else I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs>
2: We've got everybody in here, and this is like this is the whole team we got the first time ever we've had every people on here uh, everybody on here so welcome we out. got it's we got uh out. yeah we got Ed let's just start with the the uh the uh introductions we got game catcher Heath Hyatt hailing from. Are you at home, Heath?
3: I am. In the great state of Virginia, in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains.
2: Virginia's for is it it's not really the heart. You've you've said before that you're like
3: fringe. (laughs) Yeah. At least I'm not (laughs) drinking peach beer. (laughs) I mean
2: (laughs) (laughs) look at these guys pinky up. Bryce Matthews. (laughs) Mr. Non-military time, peach drinking, Bryce Matthews. Bryce, (laughs) I'll fight him with you. Let's do it, dude.
4: Man, I was born with broad shoulders for a reason. Y'all just keep it coming.
1: Yeah, I hear hear you. If the the number sounds real big, you just subtract 12, and then it's PM.
4: That's a lot of math, Ed. That's a lot of math, man. I'm a coon hunter. Come on.
1: (laughs) We'll, We'll give you a break since you're a coon hunter. Yeah yep and you just heard
2: from ed barnes our newest show on the houndsman xp podcast network the dog man man if you guys haven't checked out the dog man that's a pretty cool podcast and i know you guys are going to do a lot of more a lot more cool stuff too what do you got in the works ed anything you want to reveal
1: uh next weekend we're going rabbit hunting with beagles there we Ooh, go
0: that's a good time
1: yes i i haven't done that in quite a few years i used to do it uh That's actually how I got started dog hunting and then, and then I moved to hog hunting, but, uh, uh, my mentor ran, ran beagles for years. And every once in a while we'd slip out and and run some beagles, but I ain't done it in probably five or six years. So I'm kind of pretty excited about it.
2: That's always one of my favorite hunts of the year is to head north with Alan Gingrich, go up and chase some hares up in the UP. Man, you just turn dogs out and they just, they just rock. They run um, like those hairs run like deer. And the area we're going, we might get on some wild uh, rabbits. We're Well, these are snowshoes. They're not those little weak jackrabbits out there.
0: I've <laughs> never wanted to strike an old man until now.
2: Never. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it.
1: <laughs> I'm too old to fight. <laughs> buddy, buddy might shoot you. <laughs>
2: yep and then we got the uh perpetual eating machine chad reynolds with his with it yeah <laughs> He's got halloween the, candy. the day That's after halloween, halloween and roxy fixes him
5: uh a little care package for what'd you call it it's it's more of like a cornucopia of candy i would say you know candy copia it can't yeah uh, now i'm dropping everything I'm making a mess yeah but oh. i I should be satisfied for the rest of the podcast. All my snacks here. I all think right. earlier, I think
1: earlier you said "pawcast," P-A-W mm. cast.
5: Yeah, that's what she calls it—a podcast And I was like, that's kind of clever. That's there the might hell. be
1: something. There might be something to that.
5: Yeah,
2: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And we got the the bearded one, flintlock shooter, hair brain, Seth Hall. In what's
0: house. up, everybody?
2: What's up? What hey, you got going? I, what you got going on there?
0: Well, what are, you I mean,
2: what are you sipping?
0: I'm sipping a Gosling's ginger beer.
2: I knew it. I knew it was going to be a Gosling's ginger beer. They're
0: so and good. And you
3: got your Jerusalem cruisers on too, don't you?
0: No, nah, I'm running um, barefoot now, brother.
3: The sticker <laughs> oh, season Lord. is
2: over, so it's barefoot we time. We are going to cover the Jesus cruisers, man. That was just <laughs> over the top. That was over the top.
0: You the only time the only time I saw Ed startled is when I was wearing my sandals <laughs>
2: <laughs> standing naked by the truck didn't startle him at all no no, no but, that that turned him on <laughs> no but
1: but bear hunting and sandals uh that was a first <laughs> well I, I, this
2: is a point blank so let's just get into it it's uh we just got back from a good trip to the Gila and uh Ed and Seth and I did anyway and um uh, that was an awesome trip had a great time actually actually caught and saw some bears you can find some some articles uh we we wrote some articles that are going to be in the upcoming issue of full cry magazine so you can get more details there so we don't want to foreshadow that too much but actually
1: uh, actually chris i don't think that's going to be uh i don't think it's going to be in the full cry until january
2: yeah, December January
1: issue, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but uh, she yeah. said they were she said they were kind of booked up, so it's going to take a little bit to get in there, but it will be you. in there here pretty quick.
2: I got you. Yeah, so we are. Uh, so, how? Yeah, ha- just so everybody knows, Houndsman XP. If if, and this is a plug. This is another benefit for joining us on Patreon. If you join us on Patreon you get a free subscription to full cry magazine and jason and danny doobie have uh done an outstanding job of bringing that magazine back it's got an old look with a new feel you know i don't know how do how would you describe it ed have you looked at it
1: i haven't seen the new one uh but i'm not covers old
2: timey looking
1: oh yeah and that's super cool like it got me thinking uh about doing a kind of retro look for tuskers but i didn't want to jump on that bandwagon but it's super cool like i think i think full cry has got to be the longest running dog magazine of all time i I think it. i'm not 100 sure but i think it goes back to the 40s 1939 i think 39 that's yeah. that's incredible that's incredible yeah i mean it and it's morphed through the years and kind of changed its uh focus but you know of course it's always been on the dogs it's kind of switched between what dogs it might be focused on but yeah super long run on full cry magazine you know when i was a kid that's
2: i just couldn't wait to get my full cry magazines i, I even got a bunch of back issues and stuff from my uncle and and wore those pages out and um you know instead of instead of mom finding a playboy under the mattress she, she would <laughs> she would come in and, and see the light on under the door and open the door. And it's like, what are you doing in here?
1: And I was yeah, looking I at saw the Full
2: Cry magazine.
1: Yeah, I saw they like uh I guess when they bought the magazine, because for anybody who doesn't know, uh here a few months ago, it was it was about to go under and uh and they picked it back up and somebody knew and, and they're running with it. But I guess they got the full back catalog and everything and they gave away they still had some of the very first. Edition of that magazine and they, yeah. did a, they did a contest and gave some away that's super cool yep yeah we'll
4: say when i got mine in the mail like i th- thought it was really neat the art on the cover like it felt very old, old school before my time I, I really enjoyed it
1: yeah i mean yeah. i think I, I mean i think they would be crazy if they didn't capitalize on that like heritage that that full cry has you know and they totally did i need i need to re-up my subscription i used to subscribe for years i used to write for him for a while uh and then just kind of got busy and, mm-hmm. and and let that lapse but I, i'm i like i like to write for him because they'd kind of gone to a uh their focus they kind of switched to squirrel dogs
2: yeah there for a while it was well they terry was selling the, the covers and different things to OC, OMCBA, and, yeah. and a lot of squirrel dog organizations and things like that. So, it when I start first started, I mean, you had people like Del Morgan or uh, not Del Morgan, he's the NKC guy. Yeah, well, Del actually wrote an article in there, but uh, Del Cameron, Dale Lee was writing for him. Uh, There's a guy by the name of Richard Bear, John Wick. You know, it was a lot of old time old time yeah, guys and i'm know. from
1: oklahoma and i'm from oklahoma so i gotta throw out ed abel
2: yeah ed abel was writing the what do you call that the legal
1: yeah the, he legal he hound or something yeah he was he was a lawyer he focused mainly, yep. mostly on the the legal aspect of it but he was also a top-notch uh black and ham
2: breeder. black and tan guy yeah, yeah for black sure and, and then who's the blue tick guy down towards the uh washita the wrote the articles what was his name the Blue i know King, him guy ormiston
3: yeah yeah yep.
2: yeah guy ormiston that he you talk about a guy that could write about history and genetics and that, that guy always drew me in
1: what always drew me into full cry was that they had i mean magazines are kind of old school and i run a magazine so i understand this but full cry had the cream of the crop of the old school guys who were still magazine oriented, you know, they had them writing, you know, monthly articles more than anybody else. And that's, that's what always drew me into it. I love old guys.
2: Yeah. Well, you are one. See Seth. (laughs) See Seth. Heath, what you, do you remember Guy Ormiston?
3: Yeah, I remember. I mean, I used, my granddad used to get full cry, um, American Cooner, and it was something the the fox and the horn or something like fox and the hound or fox horn hunters something horn. like that hunter's, hunters horn yeah
1: hunters horn yeah so Terry, my grand Terry released all those
3: so yeah. my great my great this is my great grandfather he used to get those books and I when I was and we lived right beside him they kept us a bunch when we were kids and I used to go through like he had a stack of them laying on a coffee table like I mean a stack and I would go through them and read them and of course when I got into the hounds in the early nineties full cry was the one that I subscribed to.
2: Yeah. And then, and then Guy Ormiston also went on to write for, uh, Bloodlines. And that's where he wrote the article echoes across the Washita. Is that how you, is that how you say that, Ed? You're from Oklahoma. Uh, Washita, Washita. Okay. See, so I've been mispronouncing it for years because I'm not from there
5: i was gonna let him keep saying with cheetah or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, i forgot to mention chris but when uh you were at earl's and we did our podcast yeah uh, and uh I, I think in the intro you were talking about zydeco music and you said zadeco i got <laughs> <laughs> see hey i'm not yeah <laughs> I, I got a bunch of People will come to me like, What's he talking? I was like, He meant Zydeco. He said Zydeco, <laughs> but he meant Zydeco.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, they in the some of those old time guys were saying Zydeco in their music. Uh, some of those old black
1: uh, guys. Yeah, they may have.
2: They may have. Yeah. Some of the traditional <clears throat> Zydeco artists. So that's where I picked it up. But yeah, I probably wasn't
5: miss- It doesn't surprise me. Put the Uh, emphasis on the wrong syllable there. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: Let's recap that. Let's recap that bear hunt real quick. The thing that, the thing that, and Seth, you set all that up. You got, you put, put us in the right place and um, great campsite, man. Yeah. I love that uh, campsite.
0: I definitely want to give a big shout out. I had some help getting all that together. So um, although I did grow up in those woods, I definitely am not a bear hunter. So I had some help getting that site together. Um, So I want to give a huge shout out to BB Ranch Hounds, Ross Blackwilder. Um, Those guys are awesome. And they essentially were just like, go there. And I was like, oh, I know those woods. Awesome. But it was good to just have a second opinion. Just be like, hey, you should go there so you guys i mean it's public land but they're guides so it was really really awesome of uh, bb ranch to give us that uh that hookup for just some ideas and it was a great time so i personally want to give a massive shout out to mr Blackwell or mr hibbets um just to give me some oh, yeah. good ideas yeah, there
1: me, yeah me as well and it may work out for him because i had a bunch of people message me hey i want to go hunt that and uh i got his contact information from seth and and put him in contact with a few people more than a few people. So hopefully he'll get some work out of that.
2: Yeah. That would be great.
1: That was super cool. Of him to like, uh, throw us his, one of his spots. Like I wouldn't do that. If somebody called me, I wouldn't do that. <laughs>
5: well, okay. I'm with you. Ed. <laughs> you oh, yeah. That's the so, most valuable thing I got <laughs> on this planet. You know, what about like, your smile, Chad? Yeah. Uh, when you find it, let me know. You know, but like, <laughs> I'd be all right with somebody walking in. Oh, Yo, wait, you want to borrow my TV? Yeah, whatever. The trailer? Yeah, whatever. Hey, let me. Yeah, you know, I need a hunting spot. Like I am losing you. Phone's breaking up. I'm done, man. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna yeah. get out of that. You guys got yeah. on them pretty quick too, didn't you? Like,
0: oh yeah. I mean, Chris what brought about? some bear dogs, son.
2: <laughs> right. right, on. right. Hey, you hear that heat? We've got on more.
3: Am- we, it was um it was fuzzy it didn't come in real good i didn't hear anything <laughs> uh,
1: we, we ran bear and saw bear every day except for tuesday yeah tuesday, tuesday the conditions kind of skunked us but i mean right off the bat monday morning opening morning we had a bear up a tree by 10 a.m ten thirty. fantastic
5: eight. that's and awesome we,
1: we, were so on, dope. we were on we were on every
3: day if you would had walker dogs you'd have had it done by seven
1: uh,
2: I've, got a, I've got a special <laughs> meme for you, buddy, about Walker dogs. I'll send it to All you right. later. Yeah,
1: I, I don't care what dog it is. If they put it up the tree, I'll be there. I agree. Tough was you. there. <laughs> that's right. Tough yeah, was tough. there on a uh, Thursday. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: why don't you describe the Gila, Seth? Describe the Gila. That's your. That's right up your alley, man. You are. You are the guy.
0: Yeah, so the, the Gila is like a mid elevation uh, for like the Western Rocky Mountain standards. But I mean, for for the East Coast folks, it's pretty high elevation. We're at about 8000 feet. Um, this is a open understory with like a rolling Ponderosa woodland. So it's a, a mixture of different species of pines. But the dominant like kind of flagship species, there's the Ponderosa pine. And it's like a very large, straight, heavy barked pine. Um, the walking is a dream through that country. It's uh, wide open on the understory. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of rocks in there, a lot of up and down crazy canyon country um, with watered bottoms, which sounds kind of funny, but that's rare for us. So to have streams flowing in a lot of these canyon bottoms is is why the bears were there. And uh, it's not super common. The Gila is a pretty um, well watered. Forest, but how, how it's not big as is wet place? It's four point two million acres of, of unbroken public land. So where wow. we were hunting, the nearest like private land was 38 miles away. But in some stretches it was almost fifty-five to any kind of private land. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um and those woods are awesome. There's a lot of Native American history there and, and there aren't I'm,
2: any bears there, so don't come to the Gila. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know. They <laughs> I mean, struggled so, every hey. day.
1: And there's a lot of Ben Lilly history there.
2: Yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna say. There's a huge amount of 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 hound hunting history in those woods, a bunch of (laughs) hunting history in general. Um uh Ben Lilly took uh Teddy Roosevelt hunting in those areas. So um when when
1: when Chris first called me and and said we were gonna do this bear camp, uh he said it was in the Gila, and immediately I was like, Oh wow. And then I got off the phone with him and then I was like, man, I think Ben Lilly's buried, like, right by there. And I, like, started Googling it and immediately I was like, oh, we're going to hit his grave, which we did find his grave. Super cool. We didn't go to the monument. The monument really doesn't have much... I think the grave had more historical importance than the monument, but I was, you know, and bears was cool, shooting bears was cool, but seeing ben lily's grave i think
2: yeah we we loaded up and drove drove all the way over there to to find that grave it was hot too
1: we can't it was hot
2: and and we were we parked in the shade because the dogs were in the box and and uh we walked around that <laughs> how jacked up was that that layout on that cemetery ed
1: Hey, the, ma- the map for that cemetery is all kinds of screwed up. If anybody goes there to find Lily's grave, I don't know how we missed it, but there are big signs that point towards it. We, we missed those. <laughs> but, and we, we didn't get around to it, Chris, but we're gonna be there next year. But uh, next year we're bringing uh, like some large parchment paper and we're gonna do like a charcoal, uh, lay the paper on Lily's gravestone and do like a charcoal uh i don't know what you call that like a tracing stream. or whatever yeah. you want to call it yeah like not really trace it but just like you know you rub the charcoal over it and it'll yeah we forgot to do that i remembered on my way home but next year we're going to be there next year so next year we'll do it yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna do that and frame it
0: that'd
2: be so me awesome too. me yeah. too that's something to hang up for sure One thing I do
0: want to say is before everyone's like, oh, I'm going to jump in my hound trucks and drive to the Gila. I'm going to say this right now. If you're going to hunt it, get your hiking boots on and lose 30 pounds, folks, because you're going to be walking a lot and you're bordering the wilderness. And that's two about 2 million acres. And there's no vehicle traffic allowed. If your dogs go in there. You're walking the whole way, son, yeah. and we her, walked a lot. Jesus
4: cruisers are Jesus cruisers considered hiking boots?
0: I'm gonna tell you right now, son. I value comfort.
2: I'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> that if you can walk in a pair of boots as well as Heath or Seth gets through the country in a Jesus cruisers, you're doing good. I, you know, I just never thought up. it was
0: that big a deal until I met you guys. Uh, you
2: put that. You don't. Do you really hunt in those all the time? Yeah, always or barefoot,
5: always, dude, always. That's crazy. I mean, I'm do they have like honest. little flames down the side? Uh, like you like, guys, I need, need to, to go, paint me a picture. I need to. know. I got to go get a pair. They're just they're sitting right out there. Is what I wanted well, to work. Today. Go get a like, pair,
0: and
2: while you're going, we'll trash it while you're gone. But I'll anyway, me, well, and while I can't defend myself, exactly. That's <laughs> the whole point. So yeah, Seth Actually, shows up. Seth shows up on Tuesday evening. He was We're late. Saved. Wednesday he was late, wasn't he?
1: I think it was Wednesday, yeah. wasn't it?
0: I showed up on Wednesday, yeah. I had one, I had some uh work. Oh, he was oh, really no. late then. I had some no, family commitments a- I needed to take care of. So no I was excuses.
1: Ride. Seth is says- not family. You were at a pole dancing competition.
0: I was competing too.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: And we saw the
1: and we saw the pictures. I wasn't competing. The other part's true. I
0: wasn't competing, though. No, my God, I'm not, I'm not gonna you compete. showed up. <laughs> you
2: show you him with us for two days. Uh yeah, two days. And yeah, I so will say up, late. So you false, showed up Tuesday evening. You yeah, showed up. Wednesday, very punctual. <laughs> showed up Tuesday evening. It was weird. Or not it was, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. It was
0: Tuesday evening. Yeah, because I got off the plane, uh, woke up, worked a day, and then had to drive there. So yeah, yeah and I was like, I'll be there at eight
2: thirty, and I walked into camp at eight twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, it was a freaking amazing. So getting back to like the condition of the Gila, you talked about walking. You also be- need to be prepared for roads that suck. Oh yeah, yeah. that's the <laughs> the Gila is legendary for its terrible
0: tire destroying roads. So uh yeah, that's another thing I was gonna say, you better be ready to walk a lot, son, and you better have some vehicles that can handle horrible roads because you're gonna destroy what, your vehicle.
1: <laughs> that's what that's what makes it good. I mean, if the yeah. roads were if the roads are pristine, everybody'd be there. Yeah,
0: it's not good rigging country at all. You're gonna have to get out and really hunt some bears on foot, which I was pumped. So that's what I wanted to do and it was cool. So
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Seth shows up in camp on Tuesday evening. We had a dry day. We didn't, we didn't get much going on Tuesday, but, uh, uh, anyway, he steps out of the truck and he's wearing these sandals and I was expecting him to have a set of boots in the truck next morning. He rolls out with sandals on too, you know, and he's hiking all over the wilderness and, and through that brush with thorns and everything else, just like, come on guys, let's go in typical Seth, Seth fashion. You know, jumping up on logs and and just typical Seth. Oh yeah, in in sandals.
0: And I he, just I don't know. I like to be nimble. I like to be agile, and I like to have good airflow on those on those feet. You know,
1: Seth, you watch you ever watch that TV show, Dual Survivor?
0: No, I haven't. But everyone says I'm like the weird barefoot hippie guy,
1: Cody, <laughs> who's yeah. always barefoot. Yeah. Seth There's would just, be
2: totally com- comfortable on doing an episode of Naked and Afraid. He'd like <laughs> dominate it. I would be naked. All five of you would be afraid. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> oh,
1: I, I wouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always, um, want, I always wanted to do a TV show that was called "Clothed and Not Afraid."
2: You know what app I use on my phone more than any other app besides the podcast app to listen to this here podcast, I use Onyx. Onyx Maps is the most comprehensive mapping system for hunters on the market today. I use it all the time. When I was in New Mexico, I was looking at 40,000 acres of ranch that I needed to learn. I flip open Onyx and just start studying studying the map when i'm riding trails i put the tracking app on it helps me get around in strange country i could mark water sources food sources bear sign just all kinds of options within onyx you need to check out onyx maps by going to houndsmanxp.com click on the link on our sponsor page you'll go right to onyx maps and when you check out Enter the code HXP20 and you will get 20% off of your order. Know where you stand with Onyx. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I will say this, all jokes aside, to all my hunters out there, my archers, my flintlock hunters, my traditional black powder hunters, if you want to get crazy close to game, you need to hunt barefoot. I'm telling you right now, start wear your boots until you start your stock. Put a carabiner through the back bo- clips of those dudes, clip them onto your belt. You will be blown away how soft and quiet your skin oh, yeah. is. It is Uh-oh. crazy. Stocking socks suck compared to the skin. Your skin, when is every so other quiet. step,
2: you're going, ow, ah, oh, ah, ow, Yeah, take
0: the time around and your feet. <laughs> you're not
2: going to be quiet.
5: Yeah, harden, that would be harden me. up those Ouch. feet. <laughs> if I take I my boots my kid, off, kids, though, they, they might right to the driveway. I was gonna say, if I took my boots off, though, they might be able to smell me in the next county, though. Like, what do do you do? (laughs) What do you do about that?
0: Yeah, well, the sandals keep your feet very fresh, too. That was another thing. The airflow, son, super fresh.
4: But how do you keep your feet from just getting disgusting? Like, when I wear Crocs, at the end of the day, I take them off. I mean, my feet are black.
0: Okay, first of all, I have my limits. No Crocs.
4: (laughs) You're missing out. I've
0: heard they're amazing, but uh, they don't they they don't hike and they don't they don't hike a good at all. And so everyone that wants to know.
4: It's called sport mode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm wearing the Teva Towachi too. That's what I'm wearing. Those sandals are the bomb. It's all I wear. Um, My feet do get disgusting, Bryce. But I'm I mean, have you seen how Ed eats? disgusting was just part of the like part of the fun like it was all good and
1: and I you know I might I might try that Seth because I'm I'm kind of into the whole like grounding thing like I like to yeah. sleep on the I like to yeah. sleep on the ground yeah. because I think it absolutely makes, it makes me more in tune with like nature That sounds like I'm getting I'm sliding towards Seth but kind of kind of getting hippie-ish but I think sleeping on the ground like if you sleep on the ground, like the next day, I feel like more in tune with nature. So, you might be onto something with the bare
5: feet. Maybe I all can... right. I got I got a question then because the the hippies around me are real big into that the 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 butthole sunning. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. What <laughs> have you heard of this? Not I familiar knew with you that. You were going to say that. All right, I've I've witnessed this sadly. <laughs> Uh, walking walking through the woods looking for uh dusky grouse <clears throat> and happened upon people <clears throat> with like straight up they put their uh, paint the picture in your head they lay on their back and throw their feet up over top of their head so they get full sun on I'm, their their butthole and that's supposed to do at uh, the Google it I'm not even joking I am right Matthews joking. has never been more aroused than right that- now <laughs> I'm in
4: it, awe.
5: That makes and, no sense. Like, I could, I could see if folks were like, "All right, I'm gonna hide this. I'm gonna be quiet about it." You know, I'm gonna, you know, like, no, they do it in groups. So, like, you know, you get like <laughs> 10, 20 people. They get together, strip down,
3: <clears throat> and it's called naked yoga, Chad.
5: No, this <laughs> yeah, is straight Chad, up closed-minded. <laughs> to putting sun on their butthole. It, it, it is like, it is, it is that. They also do that. There's a group down. Like, I live out in the middle of nowhere, so there's there's not much out there, but there's this glamping place where they have, like, tents and stuff, and they do they do naked yoga, and they also, after that, they have a, I think it's a, like, some kind of energy thing is what I, like, but uh, there's various names for it, but it's 100%, all it is, is they throw their legs over their head, and lay there, and 10 to 15 minutes of direct sunlight on the old starfish. You know that makes, that makes <laughs> that
1: makes no sense. That's just straight up hippie shit. Like, yeah. do, do, do they put from, sunscreen on it?
0: Getting that old no. brown eye tan. You know what I'm that totally defeats the purpose.
3: <laughs> now we I know meant, why you might. hunt down that one so much. What's that? Oh <laughs> he said now we know why you hunt down that way so much.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. He's searching for grouse. Yeah. <laughs> Else. it's like golf
5: it if you throw pine car. cones if you you know you get a dead ringer you know it's it's <laughs> it's entertaining yeah it's, it makes a whole nother meaning for cornhole you know
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh
4: i just about read terrible. an entire podcast setup. Huh? <laughs> i just about spit. i just just about ruined an entire podcast set up and spit peach beer all over my mic and everything. <laughs> Chad, I
0: knew you were gonna bring that up, man. As soon as he said grounding, I was like, Chad is gonna bring up UV rays on the anus. Guaranteed. <laughs> and there it was. There it was.
5: It was a slippery slope, man. We had we had uh we had uh Jesus Cruiser sandals, the grounding to <clears throat> butt sunning. We I'm gonna go well, well, welcome to my blanks, Hey everybody. we had hey,
2: we had we did have hippie sticks in camp and we didn't allow oh. any and we did not allow any surface shitting
0: oh that's called a and i was a i was happy with that because normally look i poop outside daily okay and when i'm out in the middle of nowhere that's fine but when there was a group of us i was really glad that chris was in the ass club that's the anti-surface shitting club i was really glad that you were in that chris i made me that was i was really proud of you for
2: that so yeah it was a good call we I just figured by the end of four or five days and, and for adult men, especially Ned's chili, his mystery <laughs> chili, we were going to need some protection against the biohazard. So it's like, take your
1: freaking shovel and bury it. That's just common sense. Like, uh, we didn't have indoor plumbing or electricity at my house for 10 or 12 years. So you think about like, what? A whole fam- <laughs> you think about a whole family going to the bathroom outside you have to shovel this
0: guy's saying that I'm hard for wearing sandals this guy's saying I'm hard for wearing sandals and he lived in a house with no electricity for 12 years
1: what dude I'm kind of hippie I'm kind of hippie but here's the thing (laughs) hippies hippies just took over like hillbilly culture so I don't consider myself a hippie I'm, I'm like a hillbilly but you know, they just took over hillbilly culture, and then and then they got all that. But if you really go back, they weren't the first.
0: The hippie hillbilly confluence. I want to know
2: where that overlap is. I guess it's at Ed's house. So you did not dig an you did not dig an outhouse or anything for twelve years.
1: No, no, we had an outhouse uh, at some point. I don't remember exactly what at what point it was, but really the outhouse stunk so bad that everybody just went to the woods anyway.
2: <laughs> There's all kinds hey. of dead soldiers around the Ed Barnes property then.
1: Yeah, but they're buried. <laughs> yeah.
2: Dysentery yeah. Row.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want we did the most peaceful outhouse setup. It's on the Navajo Nation at Calvin Red House. It's an open door outhouse and it faces the west. It's beautiful. It was one of the most pleasurable outhouse experiences I've ever had. Wow. With Calvin? Yeah. I didn't yeah, see Yeah, I went the, down there and stayed I with Calvin for a week.
2: I didn't see the it's a, outhouse.
4: Yeah, it's at his house. It's at his actual house. That's his bathroom.
2: Well, he lives. He actually lives in a Hogan, and then they've got a traditional, well, I can't say traditional. They've got a modern house that his mother-in-law lives in. and then But he and his family stay in the Hogan. I guess I did not see the outhouse saw the barn yeah it's 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 right
4: across the driveway like right right by the horse pasture kind
2: of oh
4: yeah it's beautiful it's a great great way to you know do your thing but
2: but it doesn't have a door on it
4: no absolutely zero door
2: (laughs) like hey kids how's it
0: going hogan's are awesome guys google it h-o-g-a-n that's a cool house man it's like a desert hobbit hole it's very awesome
2: Yeah. Well, back to the Gila, we got to get back to the Gila and and wrap that part of the podcast up because he's been producing cool stuff. Chad, Chad and Seth have been producing cool stuff and, and, um, Bryce has been turning up, cranking out. We want to recap a few things, but, um, I mean, the Gila for me was like this, this great experience, all the things Ed said, you know about the historical aspects the deep history of of ben lily and and that kind of stuff and and the fact that i'm not gonna lie it was kind of cool that i just got to go out there and i really had was the only one with dogs that had seen bears and and didn't have to worry about people packing or face packing and and stuff like that it was it was it was fun it was just kind of relaxing and uh but there was a lot of pressure too. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of pressure to be able to produce, you know, because uh, we went there to bear hunt. And I mean, every, it,
1: ev- everybody had come from so far, including you, Chris. And, yeah, uh, and yeah, I've I was taking, pretty spoiled. <laughs> I've taken people hunting before, and there's always that. There's always that pressure, and uh, I was telling Chris and Cody early that first morning. I was like, "God, Chris has just got to be like." the pressure's just got to be like pouring down onto his shoulders. But then after we treat that first one, that all disappeared. And, and from that point on, it was good. Yeah. That we had just be,
2: had a lot of fun.
1: That had to be a huge amount of pressure.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you go there and you don't know, cause you always hear about, you know, hauling dogs that far and in different environments and stuff like that. One of the great things that helped a bunch on that was the bear hunting I did up on the Escondido or the, can tell a ranch up in northern new mexico so they were they're used to to bears and how bear scent works on that environment and that dry landscape and and different things so that was huge they were coming off that pretty fresh and then and then uh but there was still some pressure it's like because i i'm not gonna lie i mean when i when i go to virginia um if you can follow heath if he'll if he'll slow down long enough for you to follow him then then you're just dropping in on on some a lot of those races and different things like that so you don't get an an opportunity to test your individual dogs you know your own pack type thing because when you're hunting i don't care where it is east of the mississippi there's there's always a group and everybody works as a group so you don't expect to but when you get to take your own dogs with no help and see if you can do this
1: it was just it was just pretty cool yeah i mean that's always that's always i mean no matter what you're doing i mean that's always the test is like
3: you know you can hunt
1: with other people and your dogs pack in or you know you're hunting with somebody who's got really good dogs and your dogs aren't quite up to that mark but so they're always kind of like number 2 And whenever you get that chance to hunt just your dogs and you, that's when you really see what your dogs are made out of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Heath, I mean, you've, uh, you're sitting there quiet with your, you know, not saying much, but I mean like his Kate and Kate and spook and I'm sure he's got even Houdini, who chewed up all my leashes last year has probably (laughs) come a long way. That's but, usually
1: the that's usually the best dog, the dog that shoots up the most leeches. leeches.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to have a log chain to tie that sucker up. But what, Heath? How do you how do you hunt in a group? You just did a bunch of podcasts about group hunting, two podcasts. How do you actually test your individual dogs, and how do you truly evaluate when you've got you know a bunch of other people that that are wanting to drop dogs in on a race or pack them up or whatever. do you do that
3: well i mean i think what you you know getting by yourself and you know you know i slip off um a lot and try to get away from the group when there's a lot of us um but yeah i mean but with my schedule there's a lot of days that, that i can hunt by myself or it's just me and you know sam or me and wesley and you know they'll go to one side of the mountain i go to the other and you know, whoever gets one up and running, we go help each other. So, I mean, I, I get a lot of those opportunities, but, you know, talking about going to a different location, you know, when I go down to the coast or North Carolina and hunt, you know, I, it, you wouldn't think that I have the same dogs, different environment. Um, I was down there. I just took the young dogs. Well, I did take Kate last time because I hadn't had her out where she had those pups, but, um, it was hot, dry. And my, my young dogs didn't look that good. Of course they run bare. That's not the issue, but, um, you know, Wayne and BB and them, you know, they're running in that environment. They're running more consistent than, than I can. And my dogs didn't look, I I was not happy with how they looked. And again, everything, I didn't have anything over two and a half except Kate, but I didn't even turn her loose the last day, but you got to get by yourself. You got to do exactly what you just did. Get off. And turn your dogs loose and let them start to finish because you're right. Packing in halfway through a race, three quarters through a race or a quarter through a race, you really don't know. So I take every opportunity I can to, to get, get separated. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's not that I want to be away from everybody, but at the same time I do. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I but there's some etiquette there too you know on that side of it because if people see you trying to continually they're like oh what's Heath trying to do is he is he too good to hunt with us he always wants it to be about his dogs mm-hmm. so how do you how do you how do you navigate that because a lot of our listeners a lot of the bear hunters that we talk to are in the eastern United States it's not hard to get by yourself in the West because there ain't anybody else out there.
3: Well, it's funny you say that. I talked to um, Casey uh, Heilman from Idaho, and we had he was over here working, and I spent some time with him. Went out to eat with him, and he said he he was amazed that we hunted in groups. He hunts by itself. Yeah. Uh, So that that's something different than East and West. I mean, the guys out west are a lot different than we are. So how do you approach that etiquette wise? There are days that. I keep my dogs in the box and I go help everybody else. And I tell myself on the way to the woods that day, hey, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna help whoever needs it today instead of me doing it. And I think I balanced that pretty good. So they don't I don't think they get mad at me for it. Uh if they did, they haven't said anything. But like I said, I make I make a purpose to try to to help them as much as they help me. So it's a fine balance.
1: Well, you know, uh, I, Heath, I think you did that podcast. Well, I can't remember the exact name of it. It was like how to get, how to not get kicked out of a hunting group.
3: Yeah. <laughs> what was it?
1: Well, uh, we did a podcast last weekend with Cody Fox and I don't, I don't know that we got it in on the podcast, but when me and her were talking, uh, I was telling her, has anybody ever, Is anybody here ever, like had a breakup in a hunting group. Like I was telling her about how we had this breakup.
3: <laughs> where, oh, I had,
1: yeah. where I had to tell this guy, like, look, man, it's nothing personal. But what it was is we had too many guys in our group. Yes. And we had we had too many dogs and we the dogs weren't getting a fair shake because we just couldn't turn all the dogs all the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was telling Cody, I was like, you know, I told he had to have like it was like breaking up with a girlfriend. I had to take the dude to the yeah. side and it's nothing about you. It's nothing about your dogs.
2: We can still be friends.
1: But this is this is not working because we got too many dogs and everybody the dogs aren't getting a fair shake, so we're gonna have to call this quits. you know. Yeah, you <laughs> can
2: still call me and stuff and we can still be
1: friends. Yeah, we're still friends. And it's not it's not you, it's, it's me. It's not you, it's me. Yeah.
5: Wait, I had How'd a buddy. You pick who, him? Was uh... he just the last one into the group or the guy with the <laughs> crappiest dogs? Or how You know, how do you pick a guy then, you know?
1: He was the last one in the group.
5: And know. he really,
1: you know, like we have a pretty tight-knit group and it was kind of one of them deals where like, you know, he invited himself to go hunting with us. We thought it was a one-time deal. It kind of turned into an every-time deal. And then it had to be broken off. <laughs> <laughs> so ba- so basically, you know, it
2: what would have happened though if he would have had really good dogs and really good places to hunt?
1: I think it I think it honestly, I think it still would have went the same way.
2: okay I mean, we have
1: we have plenty of places and you know, we got decent dogs. It really it really wasn't about that. It was just that literally like everybody shows up, you know, with three to four dogs we are strict we're pretty damn strict about three dogs on the ground at a time and it was just it got to the point where you know on a, on a night hunt there'd be a lot of dogs that just didn't get their shot they didn't get get turned loose you know yeah And there was plenty of time and we would switch it up. So, I mean, there was plenty of times when my dogs were the one in the box, you know, I hold dogs to the hunt, but I didn't get to turn them loose. And I'm like, man, I got young dogs. They need to be on the ground every time we get a chance. So yeah, sometimes you do have to break up with hunting buddies and it's not you. It's me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds, that sounds real familiar. Go ahead. Who is going to talk about?
0: I I had a buddy who uh, he was dating this girl and they'd only been dating for a couple of weeks and he was like, hey, I got I to gotta get up early the next morning and go hunting. Uh, do you mind sleeping in the other room? Because you snore really bad and I need to get a good night's sleep. And this chick was like, you're going to choose me over running your dogs? And he was like, yeah. The other way around. <laughs> and then she broke up with him like right there and left. And he was like, dodged a bullet. <laughs>
5: yeah, I got a just... really good friend that will date all year. Like he he works with us and everything and he'll date a girl all year and unless he, he every year i've known him he he'll he goes single right before hunting season he does it every year he's like I'll, I'll he goes if you ever see me keep one he goes i'm probably gonna marry her but he'll date he'll date all the way from the end of the season through summer everything and then right around you know september ish time frame he'll find he, he's like man i gotta come up with a reason man help me out what do you what can i say you know That's it's Brian, not you, you it's me
2: Bryce just that, he finds finds women that that wanna go hunting with him and have kids that'll go yeah, with him.
4: Yeah. Hey, I'm telling right. you, we went we went last night and I had my boy in the woods with me. I had Nikki in the truck. She had a blanket, a pillow, her phone on loud, and whenever we needed her, she actually answered this time and was a good truck man, you know, come around and got us. That doesn't always happen.
2: That's valuable. I'd say
4: eighty percent of the time she sleeps, she's asleep. Um, she did let a 80%. landowner walk drive right past her one time and failed to let us know that they were coming she was asleep but last wow. night she did a good Do, so, who was it? Yeah, the I, game I, warden the game warden no a landowner it was oh. a landowner she was parked we had the truck parked on the road and the landowner drove right past her down the lane she failed to let us know they were coming now we had permission but still if there's a vehicle you know coming through the woods in the lane you usually say something and, right now I got back to the truck and she was dunked. I I know how she
0: feels. Last time I went coon hunting, as soon as I got back in the truck, I fell asleep instantly. I felt bad. You (laughs) slept all through the
2: hog hunting deal, too, down in Texas.
0: I do. I'm not a night owl. I tell everyone that. I got a lot of energy during the day. My bedtime is 9.30. At 9.30, Seth Hall
2: clicks off. I only have two modes. We're pumped. Or asleep. It, yeah, it's like full throttle sleeping for Seth. Ed, what do you, what 100%. do you, what do you want to say, man? Well, I know where yeah. you go. I know where you're going. I want to pile in on this conversation.
1: A couple things, but first, hog hunting is boring, Seth. Second, or not, not, not <laughs> hog hunting, not hog hunting, coon hunting. Oh. Second,
4: <laughs> we're, we're getting ready to tussle over a Zoom meeting. Second,
1: <laughs> second, and then the other thing was the. Like as a hog hunter, we don't have a season. Like we hunt year round. So Chad, it's kind of tough for me to keep a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do away
2: with them entirely. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to mine. She has no interest of going. So it gives us a good break to be apart. And but she's totally supportive. That's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, over the years, uh, I cannot recall a single time where she's like, "I don't want you to go hunting," and it, I mean, it's it's a perfect scenario. I, it's an opportunity for us to kind of get to the point where we realize that we actually value each other's company and and like it you know when i'm gone for two or three weeks it's it's enough time where she starts missing me and she's glad to see me again and i can start missing her and start doing that internal thing where i'm like damn what i i i think i really do like her i think i, I don't <laughs> know i think i can go back I you know and i i've i've had friends that that their wives are always with them and always doing stuff with them and stuff. And, and yeah, Chad, you're one. I see that all the time. I think that's magical, but for me, it's kind of like, we kind of need that, that <laughs> time and I, I I like it. I personally got, like it. Chad, I get I, it.
5: I get I've it. Everyone's different, different.
1: I got a good story. Like uh my great uncle, Tom, just to give some like, uh, preface He was born in 1916, but Tom he ran a uh, coyote dogs and then he ran bear dogs and then later in life coon dogs. But his wife was telling me once that, uh, you know, he always had a pass of dogs, and she said that he got the inkling that he was gonna learn to play fiddle. And she said he, he would throw open the window right by his <laughs> chair that he sat in the living room and his <laughs> dog kennels were back behind the house. She said he'd start, she said he was no good at playing fiddle. She said he'd start <laughs> sawing on that thing, screeching around and all them dogs would get to howling. And she said, I put up with that for years. And then she said, finally, I told him, uh, either you got to go or the dog got to go. So that. So Tom said, well, I'll go. <laughs> so he built a little cabin and it's pretty cool. Cause actually we hunt on the place where his cabin is, but he lived at that cabin for years and years by himself. They, they stayed married and I was talking to Tom. Tom was <laughs> probably, I think he was 91 at the time. And he was telling me about it. And he said, Ed, best years of my life. <laughs> he said he said "I, i ran dogs whenever i wanted he said margie would come to my house after church on sunday he said she'd bring me a week's worth of food she'd pick up my dirty laundry she'd do her wifely duties and leave and then sunday night she'd bring back clean clothes for the week and he did that. He did that for pretty close to fifteen years. And then when he got how many years? About fifteen. Fifteen. And then when he, then when he got kind of in bad health later in life, he moved back in with Margie. But that's I'm, kind I'm of like
4: Chad though. Like I'm, me and Nikki are together all the time in the woods. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. knows with me more than she doesn't. And sometimes she gets a little aggravated if I go without her. You know? Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm going with the guys. Well, I, I want to go. I mean, I love it. I love being in the woods. With she, you know, she is a good dog woman, really. She yeah. can call the dog. She, grew she knows up how to him. read a Garmin. She, exactly. She grew up in it. She grew up coon hunting. Yeah. Like, she's my backup handler at every major event, and she's not just a spectator with a backup handler title. Right. If I get hurt legitimately or something happens, she can take over. She knows the rules. She knows the dogs, and she knows how to play the game like she, she's there a hundred percent. So it doesn't, you know, that's
0: awesome when you guys are hunting together and you guys both love it, but like I'm with Chris, right? My wife doesn't, she loves the hounds loves that I'm out hunting, but she's not going to be out there hunting with me and loving it. And she's like, I don't want to rain on your parade. You and Justin's parade. She's like, I'm just going to stay home and watch Netflix and cuddle with the ones you leave behind (laughs) and you go have fun. And I'm like, hell yeah you know what i mean because then if she if she was there and she didn't like totally love it like me and justin are like baboons held in by seat belts you know what i mean when the race is on <laughs> and so like you know we just beat on that insane energy of the intensity of the race and so um yeah it works out great I, i'm i'm totally in mr powell's camp there uh i know don't how don't call me I'm mr <laughs> powell i am in <mean, laughs> <ahead>, chad
5: I, <laughs> what you got chad my man i it's different for everybody. I totally get it. Like yep. how Seth and Ed are said, and I, I totally get it. But like I've said this plenty. My wife will come down here and say the exact same thing. Everything that lives here loves hunting. Everything. If we raise a puppy and it doesn't like hunting, we'll find it a couch. We'll find it somewhere to go. And the same goes for her. Everything <laughs> loves hunting if you if, if she decides she don't want to go hunting no more we'll find her a real nice couch somewhere
3: you know <laughs> where she'll enjoy
5: her life there a whole lot better you know but as it is she does but like back to what seth was saying <clears throat> she does love it though she's got her own side hound she'll go run on her own back when we lived down south she had her um two or three of the pig dogs that we had that she'd go hunt on her own and she had a it was a, a Leishin, uh Staffshire Bull Terrier, believe it or not, was a pretty good catch dog, and uh, a ter- and two terriers, and she just be, she had good control of them. If it was close enough, they were gonna lock it down and just catch it, you know. So she didn't have to go that far. But she's she's gone to the woods and cut her own pig and brought it back, you know. So she's she's fun. But I, right, for example, right now I got thirty some dogs out back. Guess who's out there feeding, water, and cleaning the kennels? It's not me. You know, so that's a big bonus of it, you know, like when they're involved as much, you know, sometimes you come home and your wife bought some s- scented candle or some bed ruffles or some stupid stuff. This one bought, oh, I, I got the new Garmin collar, the new, the new 25. You got one, 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 one you know, like that's the dumb shit she buys. You know, that's, it. <laughs> that's kind of cool. You know, that is just cool. Kennels and, and buy, buy tracking collars, you know, so it's, it's kind of the, you know, like I've noticed. I'm not that old, but
1: I've noticed that like the younger generation tends to be more in that line. Mm-hmm. That's not really my that's not really my thing. I'm not against female hunters. Like mm-hmm. this la- last podcast we did was with Cody Fox. She's a female hog hunter, and it's not that her boyfriend has hog dogs. Her husband has all. She has yeah. hog dogs. She, yeah. doesn't have a, she doesn't have a man. Like mm-hmm. she hog hunts by herself. Mm-hmm. that's totally that's totally cool like that's totally cool not my thing like to me hunting is like the man's time i mean <laughs> yeah and, and, I, well, and that's I, you more know,
2: of it that's more of a kind of a southern thing though because i've got friends down through appalachia where it's you know the women will fix the food and send it send it up but my my wife is kind of like that too she's very traditional and doesn't. For for us, when I leave town to go hunting, that's her opportunities to to do the things that she really likes to do. You know, yeah. spend time with her daughters and and her mom and and do that sort of stuff. And it's it's not that um uh, you know I'm I'm we've devalued the role of women in our
1: culture. I don't and, know if we have or not. Huh?
2: They can do both.
1: I don't know if no. we have or not i mean and that's kind of the that's what well, tough...
2: let me let me explain let me explain we've we've tried to come our culture has told women that they can do anything a man can do and yet man i appreciate the fact that my my wife thinks that her first and foremost duty is being a mom to her kids and a daughter to her mom and a a wife to her husband and and things like that there's things that she does that i can never do and i like that but but i don't have anything i'm with you ed heath heath you've done you've done a a podcast recently with uh a, a young lady that deer hunts chelsea hunts your your daughter hunts with you um some of chelsea's you know her her daughter is always in the truck when she gets the opportunity. What's it like for you guys?
3: Uh, I'm kind of caught in the middle. <laughs> I like it. <clears throat> I like to be off by you know, it, it's my time, but I really enjoy um Maddie or the girls being with me. Chelsea yeah. will go some. Um We've, we all make fun of her and pick and carry on. We tell her she don't need to be off the pavement because every time she steps off, off the pavement, she gets hurt. And I know she's probably gonna smack me in the back of the head here in a minute, but
2: she probably will.
3: uh, Yeah. I mean, she'll go with me some, but I also have enough time by myself and, you know, you know, kind of back, this kind of goes back to the group. Like I have opportunity to like my schedule allows me to hunt a lot of times when other people can't. Or hunt more, they can take a week off and you know, I'm off for the whole month of December. So I get I get plenty of opportunities to get get it in by myself. So, you know, the cup like Maddie can't go, but on weekends and then when she's out of school, uh she'll go when she's out for Christmas break for those two weeks. I mean, she'll hunt with me every day that she can. So yeah, I mean I'm kinda in the middle. Like I, I like That's my, you know, I like to be out with the guys or out by myself. Um, and you know, when they go with me, like I said, it's not overwhelming. So I'm kind of in the middle.
2: I had a hunting daughter, man. She was just absolutely. I mean, even when she was a little kid, my son, he, he could take her to leave the, the hound stuff. He, he hunted other stuff. He turkey hunted, he squirrel hunted, he deer hunted. He did, but I, I flat burned him out on the hounds thing, but, but Cora. Man, if that truck was, she knew that when it got dark, I was leaving to go hunting. And I would tell her, I'd be like, she'd be like, I'm going to go hunting with you tonight. It's like, nah, you need to stick around the house because I needed a break. Or she had school the next day and I'd be, get busy or distracted, loading dogs or grabbing something. I'd come back and she'd be sitting in the passenger seat with this little smirk on her face. And I was like, I thought I told you you weren't going. She goes, yeah, I know but I need to go tonight, you know, and she had her own dog and she would bear hunt with me. And, and I miss that time with her that, that we shared, but at the same time, uh, she got the value of it. And she moved on, you know, I don't, don't de-val- don't. I don't want anybody to get me wrong. I do not. I'm not a misogynist bigot, whatever. Um, anti-woman hunter that's not what i'm saying i just i but i enjoy my time alone too and for us for me and my wife it works out
1: yeah i mean i i may not be the best example because i'm not married anymore <laughs>
3: <laughs> but and there come that twice
1: <laughs> but but used to you know i might come i might come home at five o'clock in the morning with a truckload of guys and Walk into the bedroom and go, "Hey, hey are you awake? Are you awake? Can, can you cook us breakfast?" <laughs> oh man! Oh, <laughs> I, mean, she, the I know audacity. what the reaction I'd get. It's the like audacity. Yeah, I mean she she would, but like I say, I'm not married no
4: more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Ed, that's what? that's the difference in in <laughs> yours and mine is mine and I'm. This is not just tooting her horn. She out of the graciousness of her heart, she would have it made without asking. That woman, I would starve without I, her. Since I well, her and I got together, I mean, I haven't missed a meal. She is a cook and a half and she loves to cook to feed an army.
1: Okay. Well, okay. Bryce, you might be aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> mine was like that too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we uh I I just think it's an individual thing. I think everybody's everybody's relationship on that aspect is unique. And if man, if you can make it work, then make it work. And as I get older and, um, I've, my value systems have changed. So I know when it's time to come home. I know when it's, when yeah. I'm pushing the envelope too far, uh, I mean, we're working, I'm like, we're working I'm on like, 30 years. Yeah. I'm marriage. like you,
1: Chris, I was married for 25 and I'm like you, Chris, like I could do, I could walk in the house and be like, I'm going to texas and be gone for 10 days that was totally fine but and she never told me i couldn't go because she knew that wouldn't work but there were times when i got invited somewhere and i said man i've been gone a lot yeah i wouldn't even bring it up it's like no i need to be home i need to make this ball game that ball game so but it's a kind of a generational thing And like i say the younger generation they're intermixing a little bit more than me and your generation did chris and then like my dad's generation he's just my dad is blown away my dad's 77 he is blown away at the idea of like women hunting so it's it's just a generational thing i think
2: yeah 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 i think i think you hit on something key there i mean it's 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 any, it's like anything else. I don't care if you're playing golf or you're into race cars or whatever, you know, or hounds or whatever. If you don't know where to, to put the brakes on it and totally let you consume you, then, then you can, you can get some, you can get it into some problems. And, but the main thing is whatever works in your relationship, go for it. That's for you to decide, not
1: for us. I have known so many guys that got divorced over hunting. So many guys.
2: <laughs> He's just raising his hand. Yeah.
3: yeah, But, you know, you're talking about, you know, I interviewed uh, Whitney Clements. And the reason that she loves it is because of her dad. Her dad was kind of like, she's it's kind of like Maddie. Her dad, she spent all her time with her dad. And he spent all these times in the woods and, you know, they start you know, he run deer dogs and like that's what started her passion for it. And like even the guy that she dates now, like that was a big thing for her is He he had he 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 needed to hunt. Like he wanted he she needed to to know that he was a hunter. So, you know, that that was something maybe that, you know, I kind of thinking about what Ed said, looking back at my great grandfather. Uh, Of course, my granddad, neither one of my granddads hunted. And then my dad, you know, my dad would have never thought about taking my sisters. So they would have never had that opportunity Yeah. where, you know, and, you know, you talk about, you know, your son versus like Maddie and Tyler. Like, I think i done the same thing with Tyler, man. I drug him through the woods at a very young age, rough walks, cold weather, and it pretty much broke him. And. He don't he, he he'll he deer hunt some but he's more into the cattle you know his, his granddad raises cattle and that's what he loves to do yeah where maddie i never forced maddie um she was interested hey what are you doing and she loves the dogs and that's kind of what piqued her interest and now like i said if sh- if she's if she's able she's in the truck with me or you know or on the boat with me so she's always with me and i think um maybe that's where we've changed as a generation too
1: well i mean that's that's the thing like even even chris was alluding to so so i have two daughters and every day before i would get ready to go hunting that night i would ask my son my two daughters do you guys want to go lots of times my daughters went my daughters went all good with me which my grandfather's generation that wouldn't that question wouldn't even been have been posed and they went with me they liked it so that's kind of that like transition period where like I'm not you know I kind of you know I'm old-fashioned so so I view like hunting as like a guy's time but also I mean in the same vein I'm willing to take my daughters and that's kind of that bridge between the old generation and the new generation And and I would totally expect that if my daughters got with a guy who hunted that they would be right there with him. And I'm not opposed to that. It's just like, it's not my thing. I mean, I'll take my daughters, but to me, hunting is like a male thing. But if that makes any sense, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a,
2: Well, I think it's just a cultural thing too, you know, and you know, you take somebody like Chad who doesn't have a son. He's not going to, you know, he's going to share his experiences with his daughter. I had a son and two daughters. My older daughter would hunt with me occasionally, but the thing, the value of it is she grew up with the whole life experience and the culture of it. So we still accomplish the mission here. You know, when somebody says hunting is bad, then she can say, no, it's not you know, even though she wasn't, my oldest daughter wasn't directly involved in it. She's not, you know, she hasn't lost sight of, you know, she grew up farming and baling hay and, and raising goats and doing all this other stuff. And that's good too. It's all, it's all, it all works out. Uh, but
1: I, yeah. And I, th- and I think Heath and Chris, you both alluded to it, but, and I, I was cognizant, cognizant of this and always tried to keep it in practice, but like when you're talking about hunting with children, you got to keep the excitement and the action up. Like don't take a five-year-old deer hunting where you sit, you know, in the woods for six hours, totally silent. They tend to get bored. So like when I would take my kids hunting, it was always try to do it like high excitement hunting, like hog hunting squirrel hunting with dogs where we were constantly doing something and they enjoyed hunting because it was active. I, and I've seen I, so-
2: I think that the thing that epitomizes that whole thing was a photo that Chad posted a couple weeks ago on social media with his wife and his daughter. And what was Roxy wearing? holding up the that was freaking classic dude it was a rainbow
5: colored tutu and uh uh ballerina rainbow colored ballerina tutu with camouflage boots and she had uh duck blood all over up to her elbows (laughs) so that was freaking
2: awesome you know i'm just like you let her do her own thing you capture all of the things that that i'm telling you man Boys and girls are different. I don't care what anybody says. And Roxy wants to wear a tutu. I'd be concerned if my son wanted to do that. But if Ro- if my daughter wanted to do that, I'm all for it. And put the camouflage boots on her, that was a classic photo, and I thought it captured so much spirit of, of you know, where we're at in this day and age in hunting.
5: It, well, what's the funniest thing is I, I even kind of shy from putting it on on social media sometimes but like you know you cripple a duck the dog goes and gets it the dog hands it to me or gives it to her you know we're working on her the dog retrieving to her a lot too and uh it came back to life and start flapping and we're like what do i do with it i'm like kill it you know how she slaughtered ducks that we you know like raise here you know we'll take out the good you know slaughter and take out the parts we want and feed the rest of the pigs so she knows how to do it so she you know she Killed the duck in her rainbow tutu. That's why it had blood all over it. You know, like, <laughs> like so. It's it's hilarious watching her. She's only five and a half years old too. You know, like it's it's yeah, it's pretty funny. You know, and you then on know. like the the double that something I just posted uh, was a day before yesterday. I had three generations of Reynolds women out there duck I hunting. The day, you know, that was pretty cool. My mom's a damn good shot. Believe it or not, too, she won't touch a gun for nothing. Like, like. She she likes guns. Don't get me wrong, but she won't have a reason to pick one up because like just her health now. She isn't like zipping around as much as she used to, you know. But then she'll come up here, and uh, she'll she'll take a shot at a prairie dog a hundred yards out with a twenty two, you know. And I'm like, dang it, man! <laughs> I can't let my friends see that, you know. They'll make fun right. of me forever that exactly. my mama can shoot better than me, you know. <laughs> you know? um so yeah it's fun it but it's for everybody you know and to to double down on kind of what ed was saying earlier you know he was saying he thinks it's you know for him it's a man's time and there ain't nothing wrong with that you know i want to make sure that uh, people don't take that the wrong way because there's a lot of folks there's certain types of hunting like hound hunting i like to be with buddies i really like to be with buddies but when i do falconry i like to be alone everybody just gets in my way it was the way i feel when i'm doing my falconry when i'm hunting with my birds and I I like to do that on my own. My bird dog hunting, a lot of that's on my own too, you know? So nobody would think anything negative about me saying, I'd just rather not hunt with anybody. So I don't see why it would be wrong with, you know, someone saying, well, i just rather hunt with the buddies, you know? Like, I don't think there's any, you know? It's just,
2: everybody's different, you know? Well, I mean, the whole thing boils down to uh, when you got a, when you got, I'm very old-fashioned in this sense uh mm-hmm. there's certain things that when i'm with a buddy it it doesn't mean anything if i just walk over the you know take three steps away and turn around and take a leak that's right well I'll but, talk, I,
5: i've done it across the hood you know just take pee on the tire <laughs> but like hey grab that shotgun out of the back real quick you know <laughs> yeah yeah
2: <laughs> you know but if but if, if he's there with chelsea or or you know, if Nikki showed up, I'd be like, I'd feel obligated to walk off in the bushes and there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I, I should, but, but at the same time, it just, it changes the dynamic is what it boils down to. Bryce, mm-hmm. you've got something you've been boiling to say.
4: Oh no. I was just like, one thing that I liked that Chad did, you know, speaking of like his daughter was, and that I, that I find myself trying to do is, is when you take the young kids, cause I've got, you know, several younger kids is, trying to include them in any way that they can at an age appropriate task. And there was the one video where they were out and she had the dummy launcher. I think it was yeah, yeah. acting like it was her gun. Mm-hmm. You know, like, That was something that she felt included. Everybody was carrying a gun. She had a dummy launcher and it was an age appropriate task. You know, it kept them included. And that's what I like to do with my boys. Like, you know, when they're going out uh, with me, especially the youngest one, like if we're going to shoot a coon out in season, Okay, great. You know, I'll kneel down in season. Yeah, do you like that? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll kneel down next to him, and it might take fifteen shots to get it out there. But you know, it's twenty-two, and it's teaching them something. You know, or let them have the Garmin and and you know, peck around on the on the extra Garmin just to learn how to use it. You know, it's it's age appropriate task. But you know, like Ed says, they they get bored uh, with certain things, and so with hound hunting in general, I don't know very many hound hunting sports where it's sit still be quiet don't move
2: exactly you know
4: the kids can be involved and they can have it they can have a task um it makes them feel included it makes them feel uh part of the team really because that's what yeah. it is i feel like I've, so i've talked i just to i did like of, that video with the dummy launcher It made my day
2: i've told tons of deer hunters the same thing you know that when i'm on deer hunting podcasts or whatever it's like man this is a first this is the perfect gateway sport to get kids engaged in hunting If they get bored, they can go over in the Creek and catch crawdads or they can, you know, Mm -hmm. look for frogs or, or all kinds of stuff. It's not sit down, be quiet. Don't mess this up. I'm trying to get you in front of the, you know, big grass, mossy horn buck. And if you move, you're going to screw it up. It's that's very rarely the case when you're hound hunting and you have so many opportunities to get your kids plugged in to Mm -hmm. uh, being outside. And it's a, it's perfect gateway.
0: That's still my favorite thing about hound hunting. I guess I'm a giant child, right? Like, you don't have to be quiet. We don't have to do anything. We're just wearing, like, normal clothes. We're just chatting,
2: hanging out, walking around. Yeah, so why do you wear sandals? (laughs) You don't have to stalk up on anything.
4: He just (laughs) said he's like a child. He can't tie his shoes.
2: Well,
0: that's because I'm mentally challenged, not because I'm a child. (laughs) (laughs) Velcro is important for me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, guys. it's It's great.
2: It's, we could keep going on and on. I think we need to do this again and talk about maybe take some deep dives into, you know, the the values of the family values of getting your your family involved and, and the etiquettes and things like that. I appreciate all of you coming in. Are there any closing thoughts? Heath, you're like stretching out. It's like 915 Eastern time. You're about ready to pass out and go to sleep.
3: I'm with Seth. When it hits about 9.30, this old boy's in bed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I used to make fun of my dad. I used to say when the chickens went to roost, he went to bed, and I'm almost right behind him. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just going to go back on a group hunting real quick. Just to, just to clarify, I have literally been kicked out of two groups myself. The first group I got kicked out of, because I was hunting with some some older guys at the time, I had my first dog, which was Frosty. And when they weren't hunting, I was going anyway, and I was catching bear where they weren't. And they literally done the same thing Ed was talking about. They stopped me down at the store and said, "Hey man, just gotta tell you that you know we we don't want you hunt with us no more." I'm like what? What? Why? And they're like, "Well, you're kind of going up on the mountain, and you know we don't want you up there no more. Now, this is national forest." And so <laughs> I honored I, I honored their wishes, and I left. And then the other group that I hunted with. Um, I was young, just starting. Uh, my dogs were doing okay, and all these guys were killing bear, and I refused to drag them out. I didn't even know who these guys were. These guys were coming in; they'd come into the tree, they'd hunt one day, they'd shoot a bear, and I just told them, I said, "I'm not dragging her bear. I feed my dogs, I haul them all over the country. I pay the vet bills. You know, I'm paying for all this. I'm not dragging them." And they said, "If you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do." And I said, "Well, I guess I'm not in Rome. I never went back." So I literally been kicked out of groups. So there you go
2: (laughs) you're qualified to make that podcast bryce you got any any closing thoughts
4: no i'm good i've enjoyed this um i i do have a couple thoughts on the group hunting thing though um you know maybe we'll use it for another podcast i'll just plant the seed now um you know maybe put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's new to an area you've moved you've you've relocated and you're trying to find a group you know um it's hard it's tough and I'm in that situation right now. You know, I'm new to northern Indiana and trying to find people who are welcome to go hunting with and will, you know, show you their spots and, and let you be a part of that group. I mean, that is hard. So it's just that's a, that's a whole other topic. Um, yep. Because like, you know, you know, Chris said he or one of you guys, I think Ed said it, maybe he had a guy that, you know, they thought it was a one time thing, but he ended up showing up every day. Well, maybe he doesn't know anybody, you know, so right. that, that's right. that food for thought.
2: I think we save that one for a future. That's good, good seed to plant right there, Bryce. Ed, Ben, Lily Barnes, you get anything?
1: Well, the only thing I can think of is people listening, can't see it, but on the zoom meeting here, my name is Lily Barnes. I guess that she, it just came up as that I'm guessing that <laughs> she's been in zoom before I have, but, uh, it did that wasn't Lily, by chance. <laughs> lily is my oldest daughter and uh it's spelled different but she is named after ben lily and and i'm no thank, kidding and i want to thank chris for uh taking us to the gila or gila and uh letting me connect those dots
2: yeah yep seth you were a big player in that one buddy getting us on there you got any final thoughts
0: well, I had a great time and it was a lot more fun because you guys were there. So, uh, appreciate that. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I want to do it again as soon as possible. And, uh, yeah, I, that's all I had to add. I, I really, uh, was just, uh, I had a lot of hype going into that. I was, uh, I knew it was going to be good. I'm glad we put up some bears. Uh, it was really cool to tree some bears in my backyard. And, and, uh, I'm really glad Chris brought some good bear dogs.
2: <laughs> Chad, you got anything, Dad?
5: No, man. I just saying, uh, congrats on, you know, all the good work. I, I've been there before. I think most of us have. We travel and go somewhere, and oh my gosh, you know, are they going to be good? Are they this or that? Did, I, did they get into some funky water? Are they going to have the squirts before the day? You know, so like, man, I know. Uh, I think all of us know that feeling. Like at once, once you got under the first tree, like, ah man <laughs> you know it's yeah. all downhill from here so uh, i didn't get to make it but it sounds like you guys had a blast i liked all the pictures y'all took that's for sure and you know tree in first day that doesn't get much better than that man so it sounds like y'all had a great great time
2: yeah they were they were studs so except for the you know the sound the cubs both those bears we took were were mature boar bear and i'm not gonna lie there was a lot of pressure You know, that first day that they go screaming up that, screaming up that draw. I really thought that they, they had struck a lion track. I was expecting to see a lion when we walked up in there, the way that, that bear ran, he didn't run that far, um, and, and went up pretty quick. So, I mean, it wasn't like some kind of epic track job, literally a poodle should have been able to tree that, that bear that we, that we caught the first day (laughs) and, um, it was, um, it was just a great, great feeling, but Ed's right. It was, there was some pressure involved there when you drive that far and you got people driving from all different corners of the map to come and they're expecting you to put, put bear up. So me yeah, it was Tanner, good.
1: It was good. Me and Tanner have been talking and next year we're bringing a dog. Good. A yeah, bear good. Dog.
2: We'll have to figure out with 4 million acres, we can surely find some places to drop more than just one pack of dogs
1: yeah yeah that's our that's our goal is next year me and tanner gonna bring a dog that can actually run a bear
2: yep that's we got a fair
1: we got a fair amount of beer bear here in oklahoma we can't run them legally with dogs but i think we can train one
5: yeah depending on where they go you know like out by me with the the cedars and you know the junipers and stuff uh a good hog dog that knows what a bay is is gonna see them pretty quick now if they're way up in the ponderosas you know that's that's hard you know but yeah. heck i tree bear that i could reach up and poke with my finger you know um and there's four well, or that... five hound dogs they all barking you know your your good hog dog will see that you know uh, I, and they stink man so that odor is gonna be falling down i i bet you it goes well yeah you know?
2: i'll tell you what man it was a, it was a big difference two of the bears we tree were up in some pretty big ponderosa Yeah, those are hard. The intensity of the tree wasn't the same as that, that last bear we caught the sow with the cubs, you know, I, I'm sure that she was, you know, trying to put that cub up a tree and, and making sure that the, the dogs weren't too close to it. So she was a little more game for the dogs Mm -hmm. and they treat a lot different on that bear. than they did the two, the two, uh, two boars so the guys low trees or were they, had, they all in ponderosa they, they were all in ponderosa but but i think the sow spent a little more time on the ground you know bluff mm-hmm. charging and doing some different stuff with the with the hounds that got them a little more fired up that's cool because even even tough was treeing on that that sound cubs and when we got there she was she was pretty high up in the trees. so that that tells me that that she put on a little bit of show and got him fired up a little bit but uh guys i'm gonna i'm gonna cut this one off i appreciate all of you sh- tuning in to this episode of the houndsman xp podcast and point blank i love getting the team together we have a lot of fun when we do these i hope you had fun too make sure you're watching for some big things coming we have a um i'll just announce it on this podcast we are doing a promo for the Colorado initiative 91, where they're trying to outlaw, um, mountain lion, Bobcat hunting in the state of Colorado. It's going to be huge. If that thing gets passed, it's going to change a lot of people's lifestyles. It's going to, it's going to be devastating for wildlife management in the state of Colorado. And it has the opportunity to redefine what hunting truly is and The way it's written is, is really an attack on hunting. It's not lion hunters are just going to be and houndsmen are going to be the, the casualties of this, this war that's going on. And the way we're doing that one way we're doing that right now is, is, uh, Ed and I have worked on a design for a t-shirt it's join or die it's a segmented snake designed by benjamin franklin in the 1700s to to unite this country to fight the tyranny of the british it's time and we revived that for a t-shirt that sends a message out there that as houndsmen we've got to be united we've got to join we've got to figure out how we're going to stand up to this and we've got to come together as coon hunters hog hunters deer hunters hare hunters i don't care what you're hunting with you're hunting with a dog You need to be united on this front and, um, that t-shirt and sweatshirt hoodie is going to be available on our website at houndsmanstp.com. We're doing pre-orders until Thanksgiving to ensure that we can get everything delivered by December. We'll run the item continually after that. But on this initial push, you've got until Thanksgiving day to ensure that you can get that for the houndsman in your life and make a statement and those proceeds are going to go directly to fight this i've been in several meetings so far it's well orchestrated i feel confident that this is something that we can win not only for us as houndsmen but for science-based wildlife management in this country and that's really what this boils down to is people are trying to abolish our freedoms and our rights to hunt and saying that it's an emotional issue rather than a science-based wildlife issue. We have got the most awesome track record with the North American model for wildlife conservation. It's a proven model. There would be no wildlife on the landscape without it. And yet there are people who are trying to redefine what wildlife management should be in this country. And we've got to stand up and drive our stake in the ground and say, not another inch. And that's what we're doing here at Houndsman XP. So look for that promo coming up on all our social media, all that stuff for this join or die, uh, design that we've come up with for you as Houndsman guys. That's all I got for this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast. Thanks for listening. This is fair chase.